This is Lauren. This is Trey. And this is the Partnership Podcast. Friends, hello, it's me. This week we're talking about the Hulu documentary, The Secrets of Hillsong. It's a really good documentary about the megachurches that started popping up about five years ago with the super cool, like, hot pastors. I'm talking Balenciaga, like, cool glasses and cool haircuts and jacked pastors. Like, these are hot men. I hope you enjoy the shit out of this. That burp. Your hair looks nice. Thanks. I couldn't find my glasses. I was going to walk around. I was going to peacock with my glasses on. Couldn't find them. Hmm. They're somewhere. I got to get some new ones. Yeah. You yeah, have just a couple pairs you. just kind of floating around. No, not a little, little Harry Potter one. Yeah, just, just, there's just one pair of the Harry Potters, the HPs. No, and then you have like the ones with like the thicker band at the top. They broke years ago. What are the ones you wore the other day? The Harry Potters, do you think? Yeah. Or like the like the ones that like you'd see in like a like a nineteen fifties flick or something. They work for you though. It's a weakness. Mm-hmm. It's a weakness. Yeah. Morning, babe. Good morning, baby. How'd you sleep last night? I slept okay. How'd you sleep? Okay. Yeah. Our chili. What's it called that we're getting? We're not talking about that on okay. this because okay. it's like two grand. Oh. <laughs> Good morning. Baby. Morning, honey. <laughs> How'd you sleep? I slept okay. How'd you sleep? Okay, yeah, hot, sweaty. Okay. My um, psyche is trying to work out, like, um, client stuff in my head sometimes. It's fascinating. You're working in your sleep. sleep. And I have to wake... Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) I have to, like, tell myself to stop working. Similar parallel, when I used to work in the restaurant industry on a particularly busy night, we used to call it server nightmares, where you're alone, you're asleep, but you're like trying to get a ranch to table 36 and you just got triple sat and then you need to get like a steak knife over here. Yeah. But you're doing that in your sleep. Yeah. It's fucked. Yeah. I love my work and I also love sleep. (laughs) Yeah. And so I try to, you know, all the things you've taught me and that other authors have taught me, like no judgment, mm-hmm. that's okay. I literally woke up at one point and was like, Lauren, think of something more fun to dream about. Mm-hmm. I was like, do you want to feel sexy? Like, do you need to have a sexy dream? <laughs> like, would that like take you out of it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, does something like what? What do you need? Do you need mm-hmm. some pleasure? Like, think of something sexy. And then I just remember falling back asleep before I could even think of that. But. I have to go to places of like, it's not my job to fix. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, I know how important sleep is. And you're pretty important to me as well. So uh, it's not my job to fix. Oh, you mean like helping me through this? Yeah. Oh, thank you. We had that again yesterday too. Yeah. Yeah. When I was having some work, just like a moment, and you wanted to fix it. Yeah, what what happens in your body when that happens? Because you did you did a really good job yesterday, and I felt almost bad because mm-hmm. you were like, "Are you inviting me in?" And mm-hmm. I said, "No." Oh, that was in bed. We were talking about no. That was at the dining room table. Do you remember this? Yeah, I remember that yesterday. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it was. You were just having a moment of, uh, I think, um, like a client canceled. So, yeah, we can talk about this because this is actually something I've been journaling about a lot. Um, I am a sexuality educator, not a therapist. And it is a very strong principle of mine that, and this is on my website everywhere, 
that I work best in like a triad approach. So when somebody's already working with a therapist and they realize, oh, my therapist, like their knowledge on th all things sexuality stops here. So they bring in a sexuality educator or they've done the work with a therapist before and they've healed these wounds and they're like, you know what, I'm really ready to work on my sexual self. Or they're working in tandem with their therapist at the exact same time as me. Or they are not in need of therapy as much as they're in need of pelvic floor physical therapy or uh, working with an OBGYN who refers me. So a triad approach is where my sweet spot is. Um, I am not a licensed professional counselor. And so it will happen sometimes that we will get into the work of working on the sexual self and it will unearth some things that lead a client to knowing they need more. And so it is my deepest joy and a moment of sadness when I get an email from a client and it has happened a couple times where they say, I need to pursue therapy right now. Mm -hmm. Hope to be back. This is important. And it is like this equal parts of like celebration that my clients feel comfortable enough saying this to me, comfortable enough seeking what they truly know. Um, and... What I was sharing with you yesterday is like, now I have a business and scarcity mindset started to flood in yes. everywhere. Yeah. Um, I've got to, you know, pay Holland's like wages. Because with this client, you refund their money. It, it's not a, mm, no, it's just, so the way I work is usually like 10 or more sessions with my clients. So it's just anticipating, you know, like um, expected projected income. Mm -hmm. So it's just taking projected income off the table. Okay. There was no money that needed to be refunded. They paid for all of the time that I exerted for so them. So their sessions just get deferred down the line to whenever they're ready to restart? Mm -hmm. I'll probably need to do, and this is what I've told other clients in the past, do a new needs assessment because they will be a different person if they pick up like in a year or two, right? Okay. Like they'll have grown. Yeah. So we'll just need to quote, start over, Got it. end quote. Uh, but like, that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's what it needs to be. Um, but you saw me at like one of my like ah, moments mm -hmm. at the dining room table. My question always kind of comes up where it's like, do you have guardrails in place or or do you have your, I guess, standards and boundaries in place for all of this? And then, yeah, I, I resist like not wanting to fix it. Um, but it's not mine to fix. Like this is your business. This is your thing. So I just, what, I gave you a hug and tried to hold space. So and true. even at the same time where I was like, I, I had to actually, I was working too. Mm -hmm. So I didn't mm -hmm. have a lot of space to hold because I needed to go pop, 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 pop with all my stuff. But I did a great they job. Did a pretty good yeah. job. We're just paused and listened. A hug is yeah. usually right. Like it's more and maybe I should say this better in those moments. A hey, I see you. You're doing a great mm -hmm. job. I trust you. Mm -hmm. And giving me a hug um, because I think at this stage of growth and I'm trying to be so transparent with like everyone who's watching this journey. I think so often in business ownership, you see people who are like six figures in one year, right? Like build a business like me. No business growth is, is like this. And especially I'm an artist, I'm a creative and I try to embrace that with my business. Um, I want it to feel good and right in me. I want my business practices to reflect my value and ethic. And that might not make sense to everyone all the time, but I do believe in it with my heart and soul. And I believe that we what we put out comes back to us. And I 
damn it, believe that I can build a business on my values and ethics that is able to pay an incredible employee like Holland. Mm -hmm. And I just had to come back to that, right? Because immediately I went to like, well, you should have these things in place. I'm not, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I did. I have a lot of great things in place. I have a lot of boundaries and like guardrails to use your words. And I believe in trauma-informed care. And I believe that sometimes the path changes and that folks like need something different. And I believed in, in informed decision-making. I'm never going to like trap someone to me. That feels very yucky. It sounds like you're putting your person first, your client. So cool. They happy right now? Oh, so happy. Great. Yeah. yeah. So, Yeah. So yeah, thank you. What I needed in that moment was a hug, which you provided, and just like a, I see you, do you need insight? Um, thanks for asking that first. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Um, and I said, no, not really. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you went on your way. I didn't feel like ignored or anything. I knew you were on your purposes and missions too, and that was fine. Mm-hmm. That was really fine. Um, yeah. It was just, it was a moment, but cool. I'm, I'm working through it. Growth. Sweet. You know, I call it growing pains, you know, like this is growth is beautiful and often kind, oftentimes when kids or teens are growing, like their knees, their joints hurt, things like that. That's what I'm, that's what this is. It's a beautiful sweet sign of growth. Good, babe. Amy. Thanks. Thanks for that. I would love to talk about this documentary that we've kind of been like obsessed with watching right now, not from like a critique point. But what has been so helpful for me is for you to see inside of the movement of kind of like cool Christianity (laughs) Um, for to more clearly understand like some of the stuff that I came from. Um, Yeah. Do you feel okay talking about this today? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to set it up? You want to put it on a tee for, you know, yeah. our, um, I'll put it on sure my tee because podcast. what, what is like the girl tee on a, on a golf course? What is the box called? We called something. We don't do that on golf courses. We don't actually, um, between gender. Yeah. We don't, okay. we don't even like talking about that. Okay. What's the one that's closer as you know, a, a straight white golfer. We don't ever do anything discriminatory ever on a golf course. Never tampons. No. Yeah. I mean, um, what are you saying? Women can't drive? <laughs> um, anyway, Caleb, I'm going to tee it up Caleb my joke. way, but feel free to jump in and tee it up your way because I think we came in. You, I wasn't even planning on you watching this with me. You hopped in the shower one it's night or so something. It's so good. And, yeah. And then you kind of like, it's produced really well yeah, it's great. too. Okay. So it's the Hillsong documentary. On Hulu. On the Hulus. Yeah. And I had a couple clients reach out and say, are you watching this? Like, could you give us some feedback on this? Um, And so I'll do more kind of like a nerdy version of this if I can keep myself um, on Sex Ed for You. That's fine. But it's been really helpful to watch with you. Um, And for so many reasons. Um, And so it kind of follows along on the journey of the growth of the Hillsong Church in Australia and then the plant here in in New York. It's doing a great job of kind of like uncovering all of this stuff. Um, And surprise, surprise, um, there's a lot of sex and sexuality and sex-related subjects in this documentary. Um, Yeah, and then there's also a lot of like 
subversive, right? Like talking about discrimination against women, like a lot of discrimination kind of like under the surface mm-hmm. versus anyone who's not heteronormative and against women and folks of a non-white race. Um, so it's uncovering a lot of stuff. My first question to you is, how is it watching this? And is it shocking? Is it non-surprising? Uh, yeah. No, like, okay, so if you haven't <laughs> seen this thing, he this this stuff hit the scene, at least for me, in like 2017, 18 maybe. And it was, I got introduced to... The concept of the young, cool guy, kind of hipster-dressed preacher, you know, wearing Gucci. Um, 17 or 18, when it was Joe Rogan brought it to life, where Justin Bieber and this guy, who's in the documentary, Carl Lentz, Mm -hmm. were walking down the street, and uh, the preacher is just ripped with his shirt off and... um, so watching the documentary, no, it's not surprising that this guy and kind of the mega church model where you have, I don't know, 10, 15, 20, maybe more thousand people going to certain services every time and then this guy's preaching, no, this is this is all kind of a recipe for holy shit. And it's not like it's a surprise because doesn't this happen like every, what, 20 years the with the the mega churches and all this stuff and somebody goes down this isn't new which is funny because when you read like the christian bible (laughs) this is the stuff that jesus warns about too what's that like this kind of outward appearance type of thing like it's just funny because if you really read the christian bible this jesus guy came in and like flipped the tables in these like like he was like you've got it all wrong like this isn't what it's about and talk to the pharisees and it's just funny how often yes history repeats itself and i think it will i think it's so funny because christians will say all the time that we are like born to worship something Mm -hmm. (laughs) i think it's so funny when you watch a doc like this because you're like yeah we are and you see people start to worship the head pastor Right. It's in one of one of the like historians said that what becomes so scary in these establishments is that that concept of obedience, obedience to God becomes obedience to pastor. Sure. Yeah. He's a representative. He's a representative of God. Right. He's the one they listen to them. Yeah, sure. hundred percent. I saw and experienced. So can we flip the tables? Like, yeah. what's it like for me to watch this? It is equal parts incredibly validating, which is why I would encourage any of my, like, people who have a ex- similar experience to me to watch it. Um, validating and also slightly triggering <laughs> because, yeah, like, exactly. This kind of, there's several people who kind of got ostracized from the church. Um, 100% my lived experience. Mm-hmm. Like, you start to voice your... Well, what broke my heart early on, there was a moment where like those five humans gathered together, they called themselves the five and submitted a letter. Um, they tried to do it the right way, right? They tried to do it with with humility and like deep research and with care for their church. That's what's always so sad. It's that like, that's exactly how I tried to walk through my divorce was like with I tried to do it really well. Like I'm me. I tried to do it really well. I tried to honor everybody. And still, it was not enough, right? There was that comment of like, you can't tell people because what will they think of the church? You became and they became a poor reflection of the system. Exactly. And it was like heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. 
And so like spirituality is really important. God is really, really important. Prayer, meditation, really important. All these things are wonderful. Um, the systems around a lot of these, like the system that we're watching is a for-profit system mm -hmm. that takes advantage of people. All the, like, volunteer hours. Yeah, there's a big volunteer. I mean, the, they rely on volunteer hours where people are sacrificing their full-time jobs to help for the church and this mission and purpose. And there was one woman that actually, what, she she was nannying? Yeah. And then she got fired? Yeah. And she lost her community. Yes. And it was of no fault of her own. It was because what the pastor was. So this 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 guy was sleeping with his nanny. Yeah, it was like he was having a sexual encounter, like a sexual relationship with the nanny who was married to somebody else while the young woman interviewed on the documentary was nannying for that other couple. So like That's the right. woman he was having sexual activity with, like sexually re like related activity, I don't think they were having penetrative intercourse, um, was had children of her own that this other person was nannying while she was nannying for the other family. Okay. Um, which is, you know, I think to the outsider is like, what? But when you're inside those communities, it just kind of is this weird it makes sense thing. Like... What is so sad is that, yeah, your entire community, you're like people will say, oh, it's so healthy. Like, oh, I'll get so-and-so, he's a brother in the church, like to do your plumbing or to do this or to do that. And before you know it, your entire community, I don't mean just a few, I mean your entire community <laughs> is the church. Mm -hmm. So then if you are, people are like, I think they think you leave the church like you take your membership away from a church and like you just put it somewhere else. Not that kind of church community because you are literally enmeshed. Everything in your life is enmeshed, right? Your your CPA, your fitness coach, your <laughs> everything. And so when you are cut out or you choose to leave, you leave everything. Mm -hmm. And it is horrifying. Um and I've experienced it. I know many who have experienced it, but it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's neat to see it on a big screen. And it's also neat to see it this much healed because I, can, I think I can look at it. I don't know if I even would have been able to watch this in like 2020, 2021. Okay. Not at all. Not at all. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about that we started to talk about when we were like, save it for the pod was this like these men these like charismatic men bringing mm -hmm. their wives up on stage and like their wives having power and being called like one of the head pastors mm -hmm. but not really like always speaking to the women or always like being in essence like paraded around okay uh, anyway i pointed out at the screen i said something like this is why sometimes that phrase my wife mm -hmm. makes my skin crawl and you you responded that was a, a surprise to me i didn't know that <laughs> I'll stop calling you my wife. I'll stop. That's my wife. I'll stop doing it if you want me to, honey. Just communicate. Your face is so sweet. We were like, what? What? Yeah. You don't like that? And then we're we're thinking about broad. <laughs> As the new substitute? Yeah. Because that's way better than Wait. bitch. Yeah. Way. It feels feels oddly similar. This bitch. I. What did you think about that whole... Oh, hold Did on, hold feel... on, hold on. What you, we got we to we settle on a new term. We got to settle on a new term. You don't like wife? 
Or you just don't want me to say it with such like, because I say it as a, like I said, it's a goof. A, you say it as a goof and a bit. Why is it a goof and a bit to you? Because usually your humor is actually pointing fun at like an archaic or like usually your goofs. My humor is all over the place and most people don't find me funny to begin with. So <laughs> I let's do. just establish that. I do. Um, no, I just, I just like saying it. It's a John Mulaney bit when, okay. stay away from my wife. Oh yeah, that's right. Because when he was engaged. My wife. Yeah. So. It's a sound bite I use a lot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think from you, it's never mind. And it's also new. Minded. It's what, six or seven months? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is pretty fresh. This is a freshie? Yeah. Um, this is my first one also. <laughs> you could just call me that. Yeah, first wife? <laughs> this is my first this wife. This is my current alive wife? Could you you say want it to say the that same into it, in, like intonation? Yeah, I, I think it's funny because I say my love to like clients i'll say like my friend you know i i don't think you say it in a possessive way i don't think you say it in an ownership way um but they surely mean it so i'm trying the reason it makes my skin crawl is in this concept of headship it's like christ pastor husband wife and it's like very hierarchical yada 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 and yeah, that does it. So it just reminds you of it. It just reminds me of it. Okay. I think you're. Do you want me to start acting more hierarchical around the house? <laughs> no. No, it's I really gonna like be it. a stretch for me, but I can not do the dishes anymore. <laughs> no, I'd really not like to take away what we have. Yeah, I don't. It, it'll still make my skin like shudder sometimes. Okay, I won't but do it. I don't want to make your skin shudder, babe. I think it's. But it's the intention behind it is so different with you. Mm-hmm. I just did it. It rem- I I haven't really brought it up because I'm like, it's not really that big of a deal. But then when I heard them say it, I was like, that's why I don't like it. Because these like assholes yeah, do it would like to. would say it in reference to their incredibly talented and brilliant partners, right? And yet it not was... all of them. I'm seeing the documentary. Not all these women. <laughs> okay. I, I maybe I'm maybe I'm coloring it with my own experience. Mm-hmm. I would see these oh, okay. brilliant, brilliant human beings who happen to be in female bodies, who happen to be wives, and they have to defer to yeah. sometimes their goofy ass husbands. I told you that the other day. We ran into one of them, like on the streets, because this is the way it's supposed to be on the streets of these Lynchburg. These fucking goofballs are running and the show. Yeah. This person's like a lawyer. All these great things. And I thought we had a great relationship when we were both inside the church. And then come ostracization, this person never reached out to me at all. Sure, you're a pariah now. Yes, because yeah, you don't I think what they want. I became this heretic. Yo, I mean, yeah, you're, you're fucking up their numbers. Yeah. They got to keep those numbers up, honey. But then when this woman saw me on the street mm-hmm. outside of the ice cream shop. Yeah, she gave shop, a big hug or something. Yeah, huge hug, like, Lauren... Next I, time, don't hug her back. No, I wanted to like, uh, no, thank you. Give the old Heisman, honey. You know, it's this concept arm. of the matriarchy right the holding face. up the patriarchy and I, and just being complicit to those systems that, uh We could get on board. Like we could go matriarchy, patriarchy in this relationship if you want to. <laughs> you, I'll put my foot down. You wouldn't be able to stand it. We could like start like second. physically fighting. Mm-hmm. 
We could do that if we wanted to. I'll learn. I don't know how to fight right now, but I'll learn how to fight. You'd be in tears in the corner. Dude, jujitsu headlocks and stuff. Like, I can't do it. Baby, Jesus baby, Christ. Okay? I would not want to get in a fight with you, babe. I'd Fuck. take you down. No, I don't know about that. I'd, I'd, I'd hold whoa, 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 whoa. I'd hold my own. For the 18 people listening to this, I would hold my own mm-hmm. against my wife. Mm-hmm. She's fucking you strong, know what I'd though. Do? Jesus Christ, right, and her reach is I'd so go much right more. I got for these your little sexual arms. organs. I'd just turn you on. You just start yelling no and hit me in the hit me in the junk. Uh-uh. And just drop me. Then I get pepper sprayed uh-huh. while I'm on the ground. <laughs> That's hilarious. I think I'd, I'd get fucked up. Totally be able to take you down. Yeah. What were we talking about? <laughs> the doc and how it's bringing up interesting things inside of my body, and. And I think that's good, and I think it's meh. What do you think? Yeah, what is it showing you anything, teaching you anything? I don't know. Like, It's reaffirming that a lot of, like, the system of um, that system is highly flawed, and it doesn't seem like it's changing at all. It's uh, the purity culture, something that you work with, purity culture survivors. It Marrying at such a young age can be highly problematic just to, for the guys to have sex. You don't really know yourself. You don't really know that partner. You're still learning how to be a grown-up, but now it's time to be with this person forever. And then you have to, You, you I think a lot of people jump into relationships they really probably shouldn't be in because they're being pressured to and uh, they're being pressured to start a family. They're being pressured to do all this because what is it? Married is next to holiness and stuff. Yeah. Fuck they t- they that. that early on. I mean, dude. what the fuck? I was literally sitting outside a coffee shop the other day. Remember when he was like, I mean, I looked around and all the people in like powerful, like pastoral positions were all married. Correct. I was at a coffee it's shop. It's like having a master's degree. And literally these grads of a local university yeah. were saying, well, John, we'll say his name is John. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, you're graduated now with your Master's of Divinity, like time to find a wife. And they were like, kidding. I mean, not kidding, though. I mean, come on, look around. And the guy, we'll call him John, said, yeah, no, I mean, I, I really I need to because it's just really not appropriate to be out in the field, so they call it, um, you know, without a wife. This is early 20s, right? These people, yes, were like okay. babies. Huh. And I... My heart's just breaking back there because also... You can't tell him shit. I can't tell him shit. And also he was there. So like this couple had come up and was talking to John. But John was sitting there. Undergrads. John was sitting there with another guy. Yeah. And had been sitting there with another guy before Uh this couple came walking up. Yeah. If if sexuality educator here could have guessed, Mm -hmm. both of these men um, were not heterosexual. Gay. Yes. Yeah. And so my heart's even more breaking that... They had like a really special little something going on. Mm-hmm. And then it just, it, it's so full of secrecy and repression and compartmentalization. Shame. Shame. It's such a big part of that system. Shame and yes. keeping it down and keeping it quiet. And then if, if something horrible happens to you, we haven't even gotten to the part where if something horrible happens to you, it's what was the justification? It's like you don't want to tell people within the church this because that's going to lead them away from the church and then they're going to go to hell. Yeah. Like heaven forbid you tarnish the reputation of the church because you will lead to less people finding salvation and going to heaven. Therefore, 
you will lead folks to go to hell. We've said this on the podcast where those people would rather you stay in a loveless, sexless marriage than to get divorced because it reflects poorly on them. So it wasn't about you and your happiness. It was about the image of this system. A system, right? You know, it's a, fucked. It's so messed up. The other thing that was fascinating to watch is this concept of reaction formation that we've talked about on the Jerry Falwell doc when we talked about that before, and this pedestal paradigm. So this concept is that <laughs> the more you are exalted within a system like mm-hmm. that, the more difficult it becomes to be able to share your humanness, right? I was journaling about this earlier. We're all human and we need to make mistakes. We need to have safe people that we can go to, to talk about the things that, hey, we might know we shouldn't do. For instance, this guy was married, seems to really love his wife, okay? But, and maybe he was feeling the eroticism of deceit, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe he really did want to touch and explore with this nanny of his. Oh, he talked he, about it where it's like, oh, if I get married, all these thoughts and feelings yes, are going to get pushed right? out. Like, this is like an early 20s straight guy with uh, 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 like hormones raging yeah. through his body. Yeah. Could be gay also. Right. But Who us knows? boys, we get after it. So the more you're exalted into positions of power, right, you can have no faults because the church needs to be able to follow you. You need to be blameless. And so you start to begin, and I'm not like letting him off the hook by any means, but this is what happens. You start to not have any safe spaces to share these things Mm -hmm. at all. So where do they go? Deceit hidden yeah. secrecy yeah. they just they just like go in and in and in on you because we continue to exalt which is funny because then the more you're exalted the less you share the more you're exalted less you... so then people are like well this person because they're basically blameless like they're they're fantastic let's exalt them what is the solution if you share something like that like we'll pray for you or it's like no, don't we'll, think that we'll kick you out of the church like you can't have those thoughts so if he really wanted to rise in this position of power uh-huh. as the head pastor he needed to not have these th- thoughts no okay. i don't think he really i don't think it's set up to share these things and if you're gay if you say like i'm having thoughts about other men romantically do they say the same thing where it's like don't have these and you better no, pray about it and I then th- they send you to straight school sure or they say what they did in your favorite musical um it's fine to have the thoughts just don't act on them Okay. So this is the other right, so that I, I people have been told this all the time. Like, yeah, it's fine. It's just it, it's called a pedestal paradigm, and it's so unhealthy. And folks in any positions of power, especially in churches, need rest. I just kept thinking, what are the solutions? Like, I'm such a, like a big picture person, and I'm like, no one should have that much power. It should just be like like more of like a leadership team of folks where everyone's getting rest. Everyone has assumed that, hey, we're human. We have stuff that should be talked about. Therapists for everybody. Like, you, yeah, and then take breaks and be human and then leave. There was a point at which he was like, we were done. We were so ready to be done and to leave. And they were like, yeah, no, you can't, right? What part was it? What are you talking about? Where he was ready to be done head pastoring and he reached out to that Brian Houston guy and he was like, yeah, no, like you can just push through. Like you just got to push through. Okay. He was like, I'm really tired of doing like seven services. And Brian's like, I was doing 11. Uh-huh. Like push through. Mm-hmm. This concept of sacrifice, we've mm-hmm. talked about this word yeah. so many times, right? Showed up so often yeah. on the dock. So anyway. Yeah. 
I, we haven't finished it yet. I don't know how much longer we have. Maybe we'll do a part two. But I, we gotta I just do a part wanted, two. I just wanted to hear your thoughts um, as a person who. <laughs> it's big business. These mega churches are big business, and it it's actually very similar. It reminds me of a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, that's what I kind of kept feeling under the too. guise of faith, which is very frustrating because people want community. People want belonging, people want a calling to a higher power. And then when they go through hard times, and if it doesn't align, they're out. If they want to get paid for their time, they're out. If they don't, uh, (laughs) if they're homosexual, out. Or they'll use them, they'll use them for their time. Yeah, they'll 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 take advantage of them as Yeah, yeah, you can move stuff for us and set up tables. But you can't sit in leadership positions. And attraction's not a choice and sexuality is not build your own omelet. Thanks for loving me through my healing of so much of this. Mm-hmm. Um it's been really it's more powerful than you understand of the clarity with which, yeah, you provide like my heart and soul by watching something like this and just describing it through your vantage point, through your lens, um, helps me go, oh, I wasn't crazy. In fact, I saw, I, I, I grasped truth, my truth, and I stepped away. Um, but yeah, thanks for sharing your thoughts this morning. It was it's highly helpful for me. Um, yeah, thanks, baby. Welcome. You're my favorite broad. <laughs> Ooh, favorite wife. I guess you could say that. <laughs> Sounds like I got a harem of them. I wouldn't want to. You want to stop there? <laughs> yeah. Great. Love you. Can I do my little tag out? It's the best. I look forward to it the most, oh, actually. No. Now. Yeah, it's the best, oh. yeah. The custom tag outs. Look at that. Sometimes, no, all the time. Trey says no to things in the beginning, and then I weasel. What did I say no to? I wanted to do these in the beginning, and then you were like, no. Anyway, hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Partnership Podcast with Lauren and Trey. As a reminder, this is not a how-to podcast. This is a how-we podcast. (laughs) It really, really is up to you to form your own opinions on any of the subjects that we talk about. We hope it's helpful, but if it's not, truly, truly leave it behind. If you are a survivor of a purity culture like I am and you would like to unpack how these things show up in your life and in your relationships and especially in your sexuality, please, please go to www.sexedforyou.com forward slash free consult. We can chat for 15 minutes and I can tell you how I work with my clients just like you and I and we can go from there or I can give you resources and connect you to someone who would be a better fit for you. Thanks for watching and listening. Please subscribe and share and rate and all of the things, not so much for us, but so that others um, get exposed to this first class content. It's mostly for us, though. (laughs) It's mostly so we can get, we got $4.68 from Spotify this month, y'all. It's great. Have a wonderful rest of your week.